Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Amen. All right, so we're starting a new series today. And our new series is called He Is, capital H. And today we're talking about He is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. Look at your neighbor. If you have one, say, he's my shepherd. He is not my shep. He's my shepherd. So obviously one of the most well-known scriptures and passages of scripture in the Bible is Psalm 23. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up to Psalm chapter 23. And um, is Josiah in here? No, I think he's in kids' church. Um, Can you come help me for a second, Jess? Or Jen, one of you. I just need a stand. One of these stands so I can put my Bible on it. I got my big Bible today, and it's too hard to, to walk around. Psalm chapter 23. Yeah, just grab that one over there. Thanks so much. Psalm chapter 23. Starting in verse 1, we're going to go through this. Thank you so much. So helpful. We're going to go through, starting at the verse 1. It says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I love this because when you think about God, you don't normally think of him as your shepherd, do you? That's not the picture you have of God as a shepherd, walking around in shepherd's clothes uh, with a sheep stick thing, shepherd's crook, that's what it's called, walking around. You don't picture God in that way. And listen, in the Old Testament, this is what I love about it, in the Old Testament, shepherds generally lived by themselves. It was a solitary job. They would go out and they would shepherd these sheep. They'd go live by themselves. They smelt because they were always hanging around these sheep. They sat with the sheep. They probably laid down and slept with the sheep, like slept beside them, you know, bundled up, like all that warm warm little fuzzy fur they had. They'd like snuggle up beside them. They would get down there and sleep, which means they were laying in the dirt. They were laying in the sheep poop probably, and they just stunk. But God says, the Lord is your shepherd. Which what I love right off the bat is this picture. That God's not afraid to live with you where you're at. God's not afraid to, God's not afraid of your messes. God's not afraid of your, God's not out there saying, oh, I can't, mm, I can't deal with that because that is too messy for me. Uh, you're going to have to clean that up. Growing up, I was always accused of being a neat freak. My parents always joked that I like to take showers all the time because I, like, as soon as I would get dirty, I'd have to go, like, go get cleaned up. Because I didn't, if I was like working in the yard, working in the dirt, and I had dirt on my hands, they're like, Jake, what is wrong with you? It's just dirt on your hands. But God is not afraid to meet you where you're at. He's not afraid to get involved in your mess. He's not afraid to get down and dirty with you and be your shepherd. Do you have any problems you deal with in life? Yeah. Do you have any relationship problems? Do you have any financial problems? Do you have any health problems? Do you have any emotional problems? Do you have any kid problems? Do you have any adult problems? Do you have any parent problems? We all got problems, don't we? I want to tell you that God is your shepherd, and he is right there in the midst of those problems with you. And even better than that, he ain't afraid of your problems. He's not afraid of your problems. He's not afraid of what you're going through. 
He doesn't say to you, oh, I can't deal with that. I can't walk through there with you. I'll meet you on the other side after you get through that nastiness. I'll be there waiting for you. God is right there with you, walking you through it. So we're going to look at God being our shepherd. We're going to look at three things about what a shepherd does so that when you think about God being your shepherd, we can look and say, oh, God does this in my life because he is shepherding me. Lots of times in the Word of God, we talk about people are sheep, And the pastors are shepherd, and it's our job to shepherd you and take care of you and watch out for your soul and help you grow and help you move forward and help you stay on the right path. That's because we get a lot of that from this passage of Scripture talking about who God is to us. Come on. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Verse 2, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation because I like it. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams, and he renews my strength. The first thing you see here about a shepherd is they bring peace. Your shepherd brings you peace. If you don't have peace in your life, you need to get by your shepherd and let him bring you to still waters. You need to let him lay you down in green meadows. It's not, a, it's not a dry meadow. It's not a meadow where the grass is all dead and it's all, when you sit on it, it hurts you because it's all brown. Have you ever sat on grass like that? And you're like, ow, this hurts. God doesn't lead you to that place. It says here, he lets you rest in green meadows. Come on, he lets you rest. God is a God of rest. A while ago, we talked about God wants you to rest. He doesn't want you to work to rest. He wants you to work from your rest. He lets you rest in green meadows. It says then, he leads you beside peaceful streams. He leads you beside them. Whatever you're going through in life, God wants to lead you beside some still waters, beside some still streams. Because we all live in life, and life can get stormy, and it can get hard, and it can get confusing, and we're not sure how we're going to make it through. But your shepherd wants to lead you beside calm water. We live out at Cultus Lake. Man, and one of my favorite things is when I drive past there, there are certain days when the lake is like glass. It's like glass, and you drive past it, and all I want to do, there's something inside of me. When I see, when I see water like glass, I want to jump into it. I, I usually have to fight an urge to pull over and, like, just, I got to jump in the water. <laughs> and then you'd see me, like, running down the street. I, it's what I want to do. But God leads you beside that still water, not turbulent waters, not stress and frustration. He's not a shepherd who causes frustration in your life, who brings you stress, who brings you, uh, the actual word is disease, right? Disease. He doesn't bring those things. He leads you beside still waters. And it says here, he brings us peace. There's a story in Judges chapter 6. Does anybody know about Gideon? I love the story of Gideon. Because Gideon is such a great example of all of us, how we live our lives. And in Judges chapter 6 and verse 24, um, do we have this slide? I think we do. Yeah, there we do. It says, and Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he named it Yahweh Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Just before the scripture, 
Gideon had been having a conversation with somebody that he didn't realize was the Lord. And then as soon as he realizes it's the Lord, he says, oh, no, I've seen God face to face and I'm going to die. And then the angel who is God says, don't worry, you're not going to die. Because you've spent time with me, you're not going to die. God wants you to spend time with him in his presence where he brings you peace and he leads you beside still waters and he lays you down in green meadows. Can I get an amen? Isaiah chapter 40, we talked about this at prayer yesterday morning. Hey, by the way, we had prayer and waffles yesterday. I just want to tell you, it was so good. It was good. We're having another one the beginning of January. It's an hour. It's an hour. Come and worship God, pray with us, and then hang out and have some breakfast together. It's at 9 o'clock, though, not 1030. That's an inside joke. You would have had to been there yesterday to get it. <laughs> and we talked about Isaiah chapter 40 yesterday, and I just felt like God wanted us to look at the scripture because as we move into December, December's always crazy, isn't it? Just found out Josiah's got like three tournaments, three basketball tournaments each weekend coming up right until December like 22nd, I think. Then you have like all kinds of Christmas stuff. You got to get ready for Christmas. You got to buy presents. You got to go see people. And then you want to try and enjoy Christmas at the same time. You're like, we need to do something Christmassy. How many times, guys, how many times has your wife said to you, we need to do something Christmassy. We need to enjoy Christmas. Oh, am I the only one that hears this conversation? Oh, it's a me and you thing, I guess, babe. We need to have more fun. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 40 let's put that on the screen here verse 29 says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless verse 30 next verse even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion verse 31 says but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Come on. When you are spending time with your shepherd who is your peace, this is what you can receive from him. You can receive that peace. You can receive strength in his presence because he is your peace. When the world is banging at your door and the big bad wolf is out there saying, huff, puff, I'm going to blow your house down, you can run to Jesus and he is your peace in the midst of the storm. doesn't matter what you're going through. doesn't matter what you deal with. Yes, those things can be terrible. I'm not saying they're not. Life can be hard. But what I am saying is in the midst of that hardness, in the midst of that storm, you can run to Jesus Christ and he will shepherd you and be your peace and walk right through it with you because he's your shepherd and he ain't afraid of the nasty dark. Amen? All right, verse 3 says, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He guides me along the right paths. He guides me along the right paths. The next thing that a, that a shepherd does is a shepherd trains you. 
That's why shepherds have those hooks. Did you know that? They walk around that big stick. That big stick has a purpose. It's not just to look cool. Walk around with like their big shepherd stick. You know what I'm talking about? It has like the big round edge on it. Then it comes down and they walk around. There's a reason. There's a reason they have that stick. And it's to train you. See, the hook on the end is when the sheep starts wandering off, then the shepherd can hook, stick it around the sheep's neck or his leg and pull him back into line. And when you're walking, you can direct the sheep with this stick. And if you need to, you can knock the sheep on the head. Hey, smarten up. You're going the wrong direction. God is your shepherd. He guides you. He leads you along the right path. And that's called training. And there's two things that are involved in training. The first thing is this. The first thing is he draws things out of you. And back in Judges chapter 6, in the beginning of the chapter, we see Gideon again. And we see, I think it's in verse 12 here, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he says this, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. How many of you know the story of Gideon? Gideon is hiding from the Midianites, threshing wheat in a wine press, hoping that the Midianites don't see him, because if they see him, they're going to come beat him up and take all his wheat away from him. Wheat, not weed, just to clarify. It's a Canadian joke. <laughs> you get the picture because the wine press went down into the ground. And you get the picture that Gideon is over here hiding, threshing his wheat. <gasps> hiding down here so nobody can see him popping up his head. I don't, I don't see anybody. I'm okay. Goes back down, threshing his wheat. <clears throat> nope. Nobody's coming. I'm okay still. Yeah, got to write this. Okay. Nope, still okay. Pops his head up. And what do we see in verse 12? The angel of the Lord says to him, which is God, which is his shepherd, says to him, mighty hero. Mighty hero. Hey, buddy, hiding in the ground. The Lord is with you. Mighty hero. Part of training you is pulling those things out of you that you not, might not recognize are in there. That's part of shepherding. That's part of training, saying, I see things in Willow that need to be pulled out. So your shepherd is going to begin to speak to your true identity and speak to your true destiny about who you are. He didn't say to him, hey, man, what are you doing hiding? Quit being a chicken. You're such a loser. Come on, man. I made you better than this. I put better stuff. No, what does he say? He just be, he forgets all that other stuff. He cuts through it all and begins to speak to the truth and says, this is who I made you to be, a mighty man of valor, a mighty hero. How's it going? That's what your shepherd do. That's how he trains you. The other part of training, the other part of that shepherd hook is discipline. <gasps> oh, the D word. The D word. We're dropping the D word. Discipline. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 says this. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. Because... Verse 12 says, 
For the Lord corrects those that he loves. The Lord corrects those that he loves. Can I say this to you? You correct those that you love. And if you don't correct things, if you don't correct people, you must not love them very much. If your kids are hooligans, you might want to think about disciplining them because you love them and you want the best for them. I remember growing up, my dad would always say to me, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And I, I think me, like every other person before my time said, yeah, right. <laughs> but as you grow older, you realize, I don't like to discipline my kids. Nobody likes to really discipline people. But the Bible says here that God disciplines us because he loves us. Because he cares about you. Because he wants the best for you. So when you see that shepherd walking around and you're straying off course and that shepherd grabs that stick and he wraps it around your head. He's like, hey, you're going the wrong way. Come back over here. Maybe it hurts a little bit when that thing wraps around you. He's like, oh, starts pulling you back. You're just walking along. And you're like, yeah, we have a dog. We have a dog. Best dog in the world. If anybody wants a dog... We have the best dog in the world for you. Super cute. Super cute, though. But the way this dog walks is like this. I, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. We've gone on tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of walks. And every time he, we put him on the leash, and all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> he, away he goes. and Because the leash always runs out and pulls him back. I don't know how after... Years of going on walks, how he has not realized there's only so much space this leash has. you think he would slowly go out as far as the leash could go? No. He just runs full speed until he gets choked and comes flying back. God trains us by pulling those things that he put inside of us out. By speaking to the true you. You label yourself by all kinds of things the world has put on you. This is who I am because my dad said this, my mom said this, my school teacher said this, my friend said this. I think this about myself. The devil said this to me, and I grabbed it, and I took hold of it, and I believe it now. So we label ourselves by all these external things in our life that ain't true. But God speaks to you, and God trains you by speaking to the true you who he calls you to be. Cuts through all the garbage and just speaks right to the heart of the matter. And then he disciplines us because he wants the best. And you know what, guys? To be honest, I'm thankful for that discipline. Because I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have God disciplining me. If I didn't have people in my life speaking on God's behalf saying, hey, man, that's not the best idea. All right, let's move on from there. So a shepherd trains you. Verse 4 says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. Come on, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. Even Coolio sang about it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Right?
this scripture has popped up all over the place. Movies, TV shows, posters, gangster rap, everywhere. People know this scripture. But the truth of it is this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid because you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. It's interesting. I'm just standing here right now having this thought. It's interesting how David says your rod and staff, which we just talked about how the staff is used for discipline, but that staff also comforts him. You know, whether we know it or not, whether we, whether we can put these thoughts together on our own, everybody really craves guidelines. We really do want somebody to be looking into our lives saying, this way, nope, this way, don't go over there, go back this way. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valleys you go through, I won't be afraid because I know that my shepherd is there. Hebrews 3, no, Hebrews chapter um, 13, verse 5. says, God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'll never abandon you. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Because a good shepherd is leading you. He's walking right beside you. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, he is right there with you. You don't have to be afraid. Yeah, things in life can look really scary. Sometimes you don't have all the answers. You don't know how you're going to get from point A to point B, but you know you got to get there, and you're not sure how you're going to do it. And there can be a lot of scary stuff in between the two. But what you need to remember is that your shepherd is there with you the entire time. And his rod and his staff, they protect and they comfort you. The third thing that a shepherd is, is he's your protector. He's our peace. He trains us. And he's our protector. The fourth thing is this, in verse 5. A good shepherd provides for us. It says in verse 5, Psalm chapter 23, You will prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The very beginning of verse 5 says, you prepare for me. And I love that word prepare. Because it means somebody has thought about you. Somebody has thought about you beforehand. You didn't show up and catch them unaware. You didn't show up knocking on the door of their house. And they're like, no answer, no answer, no answer. You keep banging on the door. Finally, they show up, and their hair is like all over the place, if, if they have hair. It's like all sticking up all over the place. Their eyes are all puffy and watery. And you're like, did, did I wake you up at 4.30 in the afternoon? No, I've been awake all day. He says, you prepare for me. Preparation. If somebody has thought about you, they've gone before, they said, hey, 
I am thinking about Sierra. I am preparing things for Sierra. I have got things for Sierra. I want to make sure that when Sierra shows up, all these things are ready and waiting for her. A shepherd provides for you. I don't have the scripture uh, on the screen for this, but I always think of uh, where we get Jehovah Jireh from, the Lord our provider. One of the funniest stories in the Bible to me. It's the story of Abraham and Isaac. It's just a crazy story. You know, and guys, honestly, I really encourage you, crack open the Old Testament sometimes and just read it. Because there is some great stuff in there, and there is some crazy things that take place. And when you read them, you say, my Lord. Like literally, you say, my Lord. <laughs> Abraham, Abram, Abraham, God had made a promise to him and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. Took him outside one night, said, look up at the stars. Take a look at all those stars in the skies. Your descendants are going to be more than those stars. There's a lot of stars up there, isn't there? God said, you're going to have more descendants than all those things. But Abram didn't have any kids, and he was getting old. It's hard to have kids when you get old. Even, even if it wasn't physically hard to have kids when you get old, I, I just think like by the time you're like 80 years old, I wouldn't want kids. I wouldn't want to start over again. Would you? When you... If, you want to have kids when you're like 80 or 90? No, that, <laughs> you're getting up with them then. <laughs> don't, don't nudge me in the middle of the night and be like, it's your turn. I mean, uh-uh, it's your turn. You wanted this. He's old. God says, you're going to have multitudes of kids. He's like, I don't know how, man. I don't have any kids. Fast forward, he gets a kid. It all comes through. He has a kid. The kid's growing up. And the Bible says that God says to Abram, I want you to take this kid and I want you to go sacrifice him to me. Wait a second, God. You told me that I was going to be the father of many nations. I am old. I don't know if you know this. Like in heaven years, maybe I'm like a baby. But in earth years, I am old. I am tired. I don't want to have kids anymore. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to do it. But you said I'm going to be the father of many nations. And now I finally get one kid. And you telling me you want me to go sacrifice this kid? And God says, mm-hmm, I do. Yes, that's what I want from you. So the Bible says that, Abraham packs up, gets on his donkey, takes his boy, and they go out for a leisurely stroll. They go up to climb this mountain because they're going to go sacrifice. Abraham doesn't say to Isaac what's taking place. He just says, we're going to go to the mountain of God and sacrifice. They start walking up the mountain, and the boy starts looking around. He's like, I've, I've done this before. I've gone to sacrifice things with Dad before, and usually, like, we've got all the wood. Usually we have an animal. He's like, Dad, 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 Dad. Dad, I want to ask you a question. Dad, 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 hey, Dad, can I ask you something? Driving in a car. Dad, Dad, are we there yet? Dad, what about this? Can we stop? I got to go pee. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty now. We just stopped and got a hamburger. Well, I wasn't thirsty then. Now I am thirsty. The hamburger made me thirsty. So they're, Dad, 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 uh, we don't have anything to sacrifice. We've got the wood, and we're here to do the sacrificing, but we don't have anything to sacrifice. And Abraham says, don't worry about it. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. 
because a shepherd provides for you, because a shepherd is preparing things for you. He is thinking about you beforehand. He isn't caught in the middle of a situation like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I forgot about Hank and Monica. How did this slip my Hey, Siri, remind me to take care of Hank and Monica's situation. And then Siri says, did you mean flank steak? Abraham says to Isaac, don't worry about it. God's going to provide. And I want to tell you today, I want to tell you today from the bottom of my heart and from God's spirit to your spirit that he has provided for you. He is thinking about you. He is a good shepherd. He is leading you. He is your peace. He is training you. He is trying to speak life into you. He is speaking to your spirit about who he has called you to be, where he has called you to go, and what he's called you to do. He is trying to help you get there. He is leading you beside that still water. He is trying to do those things. He is providing for you. So they get up on the mountain. They start building this. I just always wonder what was going through Abraham's mind when this was taking place. Like, was he just taking a really long time building the altar? Like, oh, let's find some stones here, Isaac. Uh, nope, that's not, that's not the right size. It's a little too big. Okay, how about this stone, Daddy, Papa, Abba? Nope, that's a little too small. Just a little bit bigger, son. Finally builds this thing. And then the Bible just skips. Doesn't say, doesn't say how this happens. It just skips right to Abraham began to bind up Isaac and lay him on the altar. I want to know what that looked like. I want to hear the conversation that Abraham had with Isaac saying, well, there's no animal to sacrifice, and because God told me we're supposed to sacrifice you. I want to know what that sounded like. But the great thing and the amazing thing is, is that God trusted, or Abraham trusted God so much that the Bible says that even if he had to kill his only son, that, God, that Abraham knew that God would provide a way. Right? So he gets them all bound up, puts them on the altar. The Bible says that Abraham lifts his hand up to stab and kill Isaac. And what happens? There's a voice that says, Abraham, stop! Stop! As a dad, whew, I don't know. I cannot picture tying up Sydney. Knife, raising my hand. God said to do this. Hand goes up in the air, and Abraham hears, stop! And what happens? Caught in the bushes is a ram, stuck by its little horns. Can't get its head unstuck. And then Abraham calls his place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Stand up with me. He is your shepherd. And a shepherd gives you peace. He brings you that peace. Shepherd trains you. A shepherd protects you. And a shepherd provides for you. That's what a shepherd does. That's what a good shepherd does. And the Bible tells us Jesus said that he is the good shepherd, doesn't it? When Jesus is talking in the New Testament, he says, I am the good shepherd. The sheep know my voice. And another voice they won't follow. 
Lots of times we just think about God as our Savior. But God wants to be more than just your Savior. Yes, He wants to save us. That's why His Son came and died on the cross to save us from our sins, to set us free. But He wants to be more than just that to you. He wants to shepherd you, which means He wants to walk through life with you. You don't got to do life on your own. And in fact, you really can't. I mean, you can, but you can't do it well. He's your shepherd. He wants to bring you to that place of peace. He is wanting to train you. He is wanting to pull those things that he put inside of you out and say, Charmaine, I have called you to do this. I have called you to be this person. Jill, you may feel like your life changed and has been forever altered by the circumstances in the last year, but I'm saying to you, I created you for more than just a wife. There's things that I've placed inside of you, and I'm trying to pull them out. So just follow my leading and listen to my voice and watch what we can do together. He says those things to all of us. He wants to protect you. He wants to shield you from the storm. Just remember the story right now that I want to tell you. It's real quick. We all know about the fires that, that took place in paradise earlier, or at the guests in December now, or November, sorry. And when they were going through the ruins and they were walking through all those homes and looking for people and trying to find missing people and trying to rebuild from the ashes, there's a video that popped up online, and maybe you've seen this. Some firemen found a completely burned bird it was all ash just looked like a bird but looked like it was made out of something else it wasn't a bird anymore it just was like completely gone completely ash and when the fireman he reached out to touch this bird and this is what God is saying to some of you today he wants to protect you a good shepherd protects. His rod and his staff will comfort you. He will lead you and he will guide you and he will protect you. When this fireman reached out to touch this bird, he touches it and it falls away. And out of all this falling away, all these birds come up out of it underneath its wings. This bird had gathered all of its chicks under its wings and been burnt up and died, but the chicks inside, under its protection, remained. Now we know that God's not gonna burn up, amen? He's not going anywhere, but he is wanting to shield you. He is wanting, Isaiah 40 talks about waiting on the Lord. You'll rise up with wings like eagles. God is wanting to wrap his arms around you and to bring you into his protective fold and to keep you safe. And there are things that is coming into some of your life where God is saying, come this way. Don't go over there. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to disciple you. He's trying to discipline you to keep you off that path. It said he wants to lead you beside still waters and keep you on their path. 
And he's trying to get you over here so that he can protect you and keep you safe. So what you're about to go through has his protection guarding you, keeping you safe. And what I loved about that is that bird had them underneath him. So no matter which way the fire came, they were protected. He's your protector. And he's your provider. Most times when we think about provider, we think only financial. You say, yeah, God is my source. God is my provider. But can I tell you, the way I think about God being Jehovah Jireh, my provider in my life, is he provides everything that I have need of. Spirit, soul, and body. He is my source. I go to him. Nothing else can provide for me the way that he can. Jen can't, my kids can't, my mom and dad can't, my job can't, my friends can't. Nothing else can provide for me the way that God, my shepherd, can provide for me. So when I say he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, he is all-encompassing provider. This is what he wants to be for each and every one of us. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to pray. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.